Hey, my name is Cassidy Villaburn Barakas, and I work as the Indigenous Programming Coordinator at CFUV 101.9 FM, broadcasting from the beautiful, traditional, and unceded territories of the Lekwungen and Wasanich people. What follows is the first part of the Historical Natives radio documentary called Tales of Sasquatch. I hope you enjoy the show. Have you ever thought to yourself, what's a Sasquatch? Well, buckle in, because you're about to learn all about them. Ani, I'm Mackenzie. And I'm Joseph. First, we would like to acknowledge that we are recording on the traditional territories of the Lekwungen people. And before we get into it, we'd like to introduce who we are for those who might not know. We are the Historical Natives. We are a horror-themed podcast that covers Native American history, culture, language, and folklore. And we are two siblings that are wanting to learn more about our culture. We create digital art and short stories to accompany our research information in our episodes. Now we'd like to tell you a bit about the Coast Salish peoples. The Coast Salish Territory extends throughout large parts of both present-day British Columbia and the Washington State, including parts of the Strait of Georgian, Strait of Juan de Fuca, the Lower Fraser Valley, and Puget Sound. The only exceptions are lands included in the Douglas Treaties, which are the only historic treaties in all of southern BC. The Coast Salish languages are part of the Salishan linguistic family. Many Salishan languages are endangered because of the federal policies and programs aimed at assimilation, such as residential schools, which significantly decrease the number of fluent speakers. Prior to the implementation of the residential school system and similar assimilation policies in the 1880s, all Indigenous people in Canada spoke at least one Indigenous language. In terms of Indigenous languages spoken in BC, well, they're incredibly diverse. More than 50% of Indigenous languages spoken in Canada originate in so-called BC. But with that being said, in the past 120 years, linguistic fluency has dropped by approximately 95%. Again, the Coast Salish languages are part of the Salish or Salishan language family, which is the largest language family in the Pacific Northwest, and estimated to be Three to 600,000 years old. Salish or Salishan languages are further categorized into five groups, Nuhat, Central Salish, Samosan, Interior Salish, and Tillamook. Of the 23 languages in the Salish family, six are currently extinct, and most of the surviving languages are critically endangered. Language revitalization programs, such as those at local universities, colleges, and high schools record and promote these indigenous languages as much as possible. We've chosen a couple of phrases from the New Hulk Nation. Our first word being Amstam, which means season, spring, salmon. 
This refers to when spring salmon are running in the river. Lianam, which means season of the dog salmon. And our last word is Ashlak, which means to be brave. And there are two ways to say it, but I only know this one. In every nation's depiction of the Sasquatch, they are said to be covered in thick body hair. They have their own language and can cause unconsciousness if they touch you. The Sasquatch could also have the ability to move between the physical and spiritual realms. They also are said to have lived in harmony with the nations on the coast. Hi, my name is Noel Pudlis. I'm from the Nuhalk Nation territory, Balakula, and my traditional name is Nuhimai. Uh, since the beginning of time, uh, our, our guys uh, put us here. He dropped us in from the Shmada into our territory, Balakula. It's my Easter story. A story of origin. Since the beginning of time, our creator put us here in New Hope territory from the Shmada as uh, we were put here to be caretakers of the land since the beginning of time. We didn't migrate here. Yeah, it, I was here briefly until 1969, and in 1975, uh, we lived in Victoria, BC. In 75, I moved back home, and I've been here ever since, most of my life. Well, my dad was a residential school survivor, and in 1969, he... Uh, he said he wanted to give us a better education in the city, but uh, in reality, he was running away from his leadership because of residential school. He was in Alberni for seven years, and uh, he, he didn't want to take his leadership, and he moved away and took us away from here. And in 1975, he was walking down the street on uh, one of the streets called Government Street. And he's walking around and just window shopping, enjoying himself. And uh, an uh, older and elder native guy was walking towards him, had his fingers up in the air, asking him, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? You don't belong here. Go home, go home, your people need you. You don't belong here, go home. What are you doing here? Get out of this place, you don't belong here. So my father went to see my mom and asked her if uh, she would support him. And she told him, yes, I'll support you. And they both had two jobs, and they both quit both jobs each, and we moved home. 
and he, in 1975 and 1981 he became uh, he had a first potlatch that was never been put on here since nine or for 50 years and uh, 1981 he uh, he hosted a potlatch with the elders and uh, put on his headdress. I didn't even, we didn't even know he was a chief. My brothers and my sister, all our family, we grew up not knowing anything about our culture. We didn't know anything about our songs or dances or regalia. We didn't know nothing. And uh, me and my brother went to the hall and we seen the whole pile of masks on the stage. And my brother is two years older than me. He was 23. I was 21. And we're looking at all the masks on the table and uh, on the floor on the stage. And uh, we says, I wonder what those are. I looked at him and he says, I don't know. And we says, wonder what they are. We didn't know. And one of our cousins walked in. Uh, his name was Randy, and we asked him, what are those on the floor on the stage? And he, he laughed at us. Me and Irving looked at each other, and so we just shook our heads, and we didn't know what they were. And he looked at us really hard with a strange look, and he says, uh, oh, you guys don't know? And he says, no, we don't know nothing about our culture, don't know nothing about our language. We didn't even know we had masks. We don't even know nothing because my dad was in residential and they didn't teach us nothing. And we grew up in the city. So that's why when we moved back and now and uh, took over the chieftainship, my dad passed away in 2012. In 1996, my dad put the uh, uh, headdress on me and gave me my first name and my first name was Sikhilakai and uh, ever since then and 2011 was the finalizing of my chieftainship and I took the name my father's name Nukhim Life as uh, as uh, as he sealed the chieftainship you need to do five potlatches before you become a, a real seldom in our culture, it's in our laws. And when you put a headdress on, you're not a seldom yet. You have to do five potlatches before you can seal that, the names, the songs, and the stories that comes with your hereditary chieftainship. And my chieftainship comes from the beginning of time. It's not a made up one that's uh, given to my family since this beginning of time story of creation. And now I'm le I've learned my, um, a lot of my culture and I'm now a hereditary chief and a, and a carver. I do a native art. Oh, I heard, uh, we have many stories. There's uh, different ones we call uh, the Sninik. And the Sninik is similar to a Sasquatch, but it's not the same being. And the story about that is uh, when the, the, we had pit houses 
like we have five different styles of houses that were um, built in this area. And the pit houses, pit houses were underground with a roof over them. And uh, we had um, a family living up the valley in the pit house. And the Sninik, uh, little boy Sninik peeked in the hole on top. And the family that was there got scared and uh, shot an arrow and killed it. And uh, the mother of the child wondering where the, the young young baby went, and uh, she found out that he he died. And then she cried for days and days and days by the river called Cry Rock. And that's one of the stories of uh, the Slinik that was killed. And the mother was grieving for days, crying, and they could hear the crying in the valley. And um, so that's that's a different story. But the other ones are uh, about hunters out in the, up in the mountains on the trail from Kumkuts to Shutslum, we call it, but uh, it's well known being called as Kimskut. Uh, it's another main village north of uh, Kumkuts, Balakula. And in those trails, we had trails going there and there were these hunters that were up on the mountain ledge and they were hunting goats. And then in the middle of the night, one of the Hunters got taken and were thrown in a basket on the back of the of the Sasquatch, and the Sasquatch was carrying it to its home in the cave, and they were stealing them, and they disappear forever. Uh, that's one of our stories that's been really, really uh, instilled in us through oral history, not through paper. And uh, I've encountered Sasquatches all my life. And the story behind the Sasquatch is um, you do not fear them. If you fear a Sasquatch in the woods, they will bother you all the time. You will get bothered by them. So you don't let them fear you. You don't put fear inside you. You just adapt with them. And when you adapt with them, they follow you everywhere. And anywhere in the mountains, in the river, or wherever you are out in the woods, in the, may, may it be on the lower land, on a flat, flat valley, or up on a mountain, or whether you're mushroom picking, cutting firewood, or river fishing in the river at night, you encounter them. I have had many encounters. I had one uh, throwing rocks across the river with me and my uncle fishing three in the morning. And the rock hit the same spot over and over. And it had the same sound over and over. And I told my uncle, gee, that's a big seal. And then he didn't say anything. And then, uh, he, he 
He says, I'm going to give you some fish if you're hungry. We're sorry for bothering you. Uh, we're going to leave fish on the beach here. And it's for your family. If you want to come, come and get it. It's yours. And then we start drifting down. All We're halfway down from four miles. And then my uncle says, that wasn't a rock. Or that wasn't a um, seal. It was a rock. That was a Sasquatch telling us it was there. And I says, oh, really? And then we went back up on another drift and we went to the same spot an hour later and all the fish were gone. So the Sasquatch took it. Fired Up Ceramics has all sorts of activities to get your creativity going. From in-studio ceramic or canvas painting to takeout painting kits and parties, there's something for everyone. Enjoy painting together at 1801 4th Street or book online at firedupceramics.ca. Another story that one of my elders was telling me I used to hike up Tatsquan Mountain, you know, that small mountain up by the bridge over here, that small little mountain across the bridge and there's trails going up there. Well, in my younger days, I used to go up there by myself all the time for exercise. And then one day I was coming down and I left my bike at my uncle's and I cut through my, my great uncle's property and he asked me, one day he asked me, he says, where do you go every, every, I see you come through here all the time. And I pointed up to that mountain, I go up there. And he goes, oh, I can tell you a story about that mountain. Okay. He says, long time ago, in the beginning, we lived over across the river we had our uh, our places to live there and right here where this mountain is wasn't a mountain it was flat and this was the home for the sasquatches they lived here and they lived in harmony with us and during that period of time down the road the sasquatches were starting to war with us so the creator made an earthquake and shook the mountain and moved the Sasquatches away from that area. And, and that little mountain came from the earthquake and it came and made that small mountain and the Sasquatches no longer lived there. And he moved them away. And uh, because the creator was angry that uh, they were, that the Sasquatches were starting to fight us. So he moved them. And then he looked at me and he says, maybe sometime you're up there, the Sasquatch might steal you. And I looked at him and I says, no, I don't think so. And he says, why? Because they're my friends. And his eyes got really small. <laughs> he didn't believe what I was saying. I said, yeah, they follow me everywhere. They protect me, that's all I said to them. And that was the end of that story. Uh, my name is Eric Hunt, and I'm from uh, New Hope Nation. 
and uh, my my engineer is Aya Sud. Um, our family um, we moved. Uh, I was adopted when I was younger by my uncle, and we moved to uh, um, Port Alice. Our uh, family moved there uh, as a residential um, school. Uh, Ellard Bay, or some of our family went to residential school there. So I didn't know my uh, actual culture until like I was about 17. Well, I experienced them in the river, yeah. Um, I heard them, heard their cries. And I was taught by the elders to give them a fish. And in the nighttime, they give them a fish. And, and then they'll um, gift you with a whole lot of fish after. <clears throat> yeah, stay away from the ponds. They uh, go by the ponds all the time. Doesn't matter where you are. That's where they live. Uh, they just uh, let you know that they're there. They give you signs like uh, throwing rocks and trying to scare you. Um, they don't mean any harm. And um, you just have to tell them uh, you're just going by. We're not going to bother you. So who is the Sasquatch? Albert Osman has a theory that it is an undiscovered ape hiding in the thick bushes of trees. But if that's the case, then why haven't we seen him? The Pacific Northwest is made up of large trees with growths of moths and lichens, with the forest floor being made up of an abundance of ferns and herbs. It is filled with vast, unexplored areas, which is ideal for someone who doesn't want to be found. However, when they do show themselves, they appear to be bipedal. And for those who don't know, bipedal means someone who uses two legs for walking. They have also been described to look very similar to that of an ape or a large man. So if they look like an ape, could they have evolved just like us? And if so, from what? There's a theory out there that the Sasquatch evolved from the Gigantopithecus. If you're like me and don't know what the Gigantopithecus is, it was a giant ape that lived about 300,000 to 1 million years ago in areas like China, India, and Vietnam. The species is said to have been sexually dimorphic, with males much bigger than females, but they were pretty darn big. The fossils that they've found so far indicate that it stood up as high as 10 feet and weighed up to 1,100 pounds. They suspect it had an enormous bulk and brute strength that helped keep the Gigantopithecus safe from the predators. But despite their great size, they were herbivores using its heavy and muscular jaws to chew the tough grasses found in the Southeast Asian forests where it lived, just like pandas. So, they are guessing that they went extinct about 300,000 years ago, 
This is likely because of the retreat of the preferred habitat due to climate change and potentially archaic human activity. So why the connection? Well, it began in 1960 with a zoologist named Vladimir Drazinski, who briefly described it in the journal Nature. In 1951, a photograph was taken of an alleged Yeti track. The photo was taken by Himalayan mountaineers Michael Ward and Eric Shipton. Trzinski concluded that the Yeti must be walking like a human and was awfully similar to the Gigantopithecus. The theory continued with Professor Kranz, who was a member of the Four Horsemen of Sasquatchery. This group of early investigators established the foundational thought on Bigfoot research around the 1960s. It was Krantz who used the Canadian indigenous term Sasquatch to describe the humanoid-like being. He was also the only scientist at the time to continue the push for a connection between Gigantopithecus and the Sasquatch. So if they are descendants of uh, Gigantopithecus, then is the Sasquatch an endangered animal? Well, organizations like the NAWAC the North American Woodland Ape Conservatory, and the Olympic research believe so. Unfortunately, to protect the undiscovered ape, as Osman called it, and to help further protect our forests, science requires a specimen. Located somewhere in the Uichita Mountains is Area X, a camp dedicated to finding the Bigfoot and taking it in for science. At their camp, they have had more than a dozen run-ins with the being, from rocks being thrown, whistling, hearing vocalization, to which they described a sound like the Siaman gibbons, but bigger. On the other side of things is the Olympic Project. They are an association of dedicated researchers, investigators, biologists, and trackers. All are committed to documenting the existence of the Sasquatch. But most importantly, the main goal of the Olympic Project is to conduct their studies in a non-invasive manner with respect and sensitivity to the habitat this species is thriving in. Earlier said that they are mainly seen in the Pacific Northwest. Have they been seen anywhere else? Yes. On the other side of Turtle Island is the skunk ape, which is considered to be the cousin to the Sasquatch. They've been reported to be more aggressive and won't hesitate to mess you up. First spotted in 1818 in the Apalachicola, Florida. The being is said to have looked like a man-sized monkey or ape, that it was raiding their food stores and stalking the fishermen. Other reports of the skunk ape were common in the 1960s and 70s. All sightings reported a large, foul-smelling, hairy, ape-like creature which ran upright on two legs. And across the pond, there's the Yeti, also known as Mete in Himalayan folklore. It is an ape-like creature reported to inhabit the Himalayan mountain range in Alaska. Since they are finding genetic similarities in DNA samples and footprints being found, some believe that our Sasquatch came over from Asia using the old land bridge that used to exist.
This has been the first part of the Historical Natives radio documentary, Tales of Sasquatch. This podcast was produced at CFUV with financial support from the Community Radio Fund of Canada, the only organization mandated to provide financial support for non-profit radio stations in Canada. CFUV is a non-profit radio station broadcasting from the University of Victoria campus on the traditional, unceded, and unsurrendered territories of the Wasanich and Lekwungen peoples. Visit cfuvpodcast.com or search for CFUV wherever you get your podcasts for more homegrown, cutting-edge content. Thanks so much for listening.